Welcome to the Humanise the Numbers podcast series. Leaders, managers and owners of ambitious accounting firms sharing insights, successes and issues that will challenge you and connect you and your firm to the ways and means of transforming your firm's results. Firms have to be careful of emperor's new clothes when it comes to marketing. And I, I will always say to every firm that we operate with, your today anyway, your, your best business should always come from referrals. And referrals should make up at least 70 to 80% of the new client wins that you have. And those referrals should come from existing clients and um, your professional introducers. And it's the work that you do you know, with those existing clients, with those professional referrers that will always generate the best type of new business for you. I think the other challenge is, you know, if you're buying the advice of an expert, yeah, then listen to what the expert's telling you to do. Don't fight, you know, challenge it by all means. But there are times when we've got Simple things, proven campaigns that we know work in specific sectors. This is what we did and this is what worked. So this need to go with, and then you'll get pushback. Well, no, 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 we want to change that bit. And we don't want to do that bit, but we want to do that bit. And I think that's, that is one of the challenges is if you're going, you know, if you're going to spend money taking advice, then take the advice. How do you successfully grow your accountancy firm? Another way of asking that is how do you market your accountancy firm so that you win the sort of customers you really, really want? Well, on this Humanise the Numbers podcast discussion with Joe Edwards of JE Consulting, you'll hear Joe share her insights from working with in excess of 100 accounting firms on specifically marketing their firm. You'll hear Joe's crystal clear insight into what you could, should, must be doing to market your firm. I hope you enjoy the value in this podcast and the practicality of this podcast as much as I did. Hi, my name is Jo Edwards. Uh, I'm uh, Managing Director and Founder of, uh, of JE Consulting. Um, we were established in 1998, um, initially as a more of a consultancy firm to accountants looking to improve their marketing, but we've grown over that time into full service marketing agency. We now employ uh, 22 people, all based in Sutton Coalfield in the West Midlands. And we work at the moment with um, about 140 professional firms around the UK. Um, there are some solicitors involved in that mix. Um, about 20% of our client base are legal firms, um, but the um, the dominant number is, is the 80% of accountancy firms that we work with. And they are anything from, you know, the, the small um, sole practitioner um, who's looking to uh, build their practice and scale up um, to some, some large multi-office firms. And we've had clients who have been with us since we started. Um, our, our oldest client joined in, in January 1999 and, he's, and they're still here today. Um, and at the moment, we're helping firms in lots of different ways, some with um, everything, with their outsourced marketing department, and for others, uh, we're complementing their existing resources or filling a gap where they, they don't have the skills or expertise. For, for example, their websites and their digital marketing, um, etc. So that's us. Brilliant, brilliant. So you work in within excess of 100 accounting firms. Is it all in the UK, Joe? 
it is all in the UK. We have um, spent time with some of the international networks, um, assisting them uh, with their marketing. But yes, our, our client base is, is, in terms of accountancy firms, is certainly UK based. Brilliant, brilliant. So uh, depth of knowledge, depth of experience, um, and so seen it, got all the T-shirts by the sounds of it. So we'll, ho hopefully we'll be able to uh, uh, have a look at some of those T-shirts metaphorically as this yes. uh, discussion unfolds. Um, but to begin with, what, 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 from your perspective, working with so many firms over so many years, uh, what do you think, what, what does humanise the numbers mean for you as a marketeer and the marketing team with and for accountants? I think when you say humanise the numbers, I think firms have to be careful of emperor's new clothes when it comes to marketing. And I, I will always say to every firm that we operate with, your today anyway, your your best business should always come from referrals, and referrals should make up at least. 70 to 80 percent of the new client wins that you have and those referrals should come from existing clients and um, your professional introducers and it's the work that you do you know with those existing clients with those professional referrers that will always generate the best type of new business for you mm. i think the the extra 20 percent um should come from um different aspects of marketing which could be traditional ways of attending exhibitions and running events, et cetera. Um, mm -hmm. and, but by far the biggest contributor now to um, business that comes outside of referrals is the online business. Mm -hmm. So this is, this is firms generating work through, um, you know, their digital marketing. And it's starting to change the landscape uh, and particularly over the last 18 months, it's changed the landscape massively in terms of how firms, you know, win, win their new business for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's not the holy grail of marketing by any means. Um, mm. You know, focus should be um, on the client because ultimately they're going to be your best generator of new work. So if I interpret that my way, it sounds as though what you're saying is client care is the most important marketing tool in a firm not all the other marketing stuff that you could should be doing is, is have i heard that right i think it's client care backed up by good marketing and when i say good marketing you know first impressions count um the you know the, the the willingness of clients and other professional introducers to want to refer work to you isn't necessarily just about your service levels it's all about the impression that you create in the market so Client care includes communicating well with clients in a timely manner, mm. and that isn't necessarily their tax return coming through the door. This is about regular, regular news, regular um, social content. You know, whichever medium is appropriate to the client, mm. that should form part of your marketing. And similarly, the way in which they can get in touch with you, um, you know, clients will move away from firms because. It takes too long for somebody to get back to them. It takes too long to get an answer. Um, that answer's not explained well enough. And, you, in, and marketing has to be a driver of, 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 of your comms and, you, and, mm. and the comms behind your client care. So marketing has to be a driver of your comms, but actually whether you do a tax return on time as expected by the client, 
are we tying those two things together or are, you, are we talking something different? No, you're tying them together. Um, yes, you know, a, a, a business or an individual will engage an accountant because they, they need a job doing and, and, and often that job is compliance led. You know, I need my yeah. I need an audit. I need my accounts done. I need my tax return done. Fully, fully accept that. Yeah. Um, I think the, the comms that goes around that is the peace of mind that you give to that client, that the tax return you're giving to them has been well thought through, that they're getting the best tax planning advice they could possibly get, that you have considered, you know, the business that they're in and you've demonstrated that you understand that business. You've given them the right advice in terms of simple things, salary versus dividend, the way they should run their car, the way they should contribute to their pension. Mm. And, and it's all, it's that peace of mind, um, you know, wrapper around everything you're doing that marketing should be the biggest driver for you. So I love that phrase. Um, it's the impression in the marketplace that your firm establishes. So if you look at a prospect is maybe talking to the firm or is considering talking to the firm, they may have been recommended by someone if 80% of their new works coming from referrals may have come by the website or an event or an, or whatever. Um, what you're saying is it's the way client by client, the, uh, each individual in the firm works with each individual client. The human stuff is the thing that ultimately drives that impression in the marketplace and therefore the referrals and your ability to tell a story from a marketing point of view, that's of meaning. Have I, have I, have I got a better understanding now? No, no, that's, that's, that's completely accurate. So right. what, I, I guess what, what I'm trying to say here is that, um, your your delivery and the way in which your client interacts with you builds this level of trust and let's not hide away from the fact that you know you should be your client's most trusted advisor yeah that trust has to be built up and it isn't just about delivering an accurate compliance service it's it, it, it it's everything else um, that surrounds that and, and when you talk about humanizing the numbers you know that people as we all know people buy people at the end of the mm -hmm. day and and, mm -hmm. the, and the trust that you build with that client can be supported by mm -hmm. your marketing activity brilliant so your ability to deliver brilliantly for a client which establishes peace of mind to use your very very powerful phrase that um comes from the way your tax return or audit or set of accounts is delivered by demonstrating a level of understanding and therefore builds confidence in the heart and mind of your customer that results in trust is supported by all your marketing messaging which establishes the impression the reputation in your region or your niche or whatever reference you want to use that's just brilliant so interesting isn't it you yeah you, you're one of the, if not the expert in the marketing space in the UK, in my opinion, in and around uh, the lead generation work that you do. But what you're saying is it's what your people do matters more than what you do that results in the success of the firm. Yes, and I, I, I would struggle to find, you know, I would struggle to find an, 
an accountancy firm, certainly that, that, that we work with, where we don't put that at the top of the marketing list, has Brilliant. to be. Yeah, yeah. Be because, we, because without that, everything else falls mm. over. Mm. So you use the word um, supported. The marketing has to support this reputation that you're building client by client, human by human, for want of a better description. Um, so how's that done best is, is where, what I went, where I want us to go, Joe. But before we get there, I'd like to understand what, what, what are the key challenges that you see in firms, whether they're a sole practitioner with a handful of team members or they're a you know, substantial firm, multi-office with you know, 100 plus employees. What are, what are the key challenges that get in the way of these firms doing a good lead generation, marketing, impression building job for the firm that supports the good work that they do? Um, I think the challenges, uh, let's, I mean, there are lots of them. Uh, <laughs> Very good. <laughs> there are lots of them. Um, I think, okay, well, th th there, are, there are numerous challenges. One, one is, um, I, I guess, budget at the end of the day. Is, okay. is how, how much of your you know, hard-earned fee income do you want to put back into your business um, to drive your marketing? So... On average, um, you know, most of the firms we work with will be around about 3% of fee income will go back into into the marketing pot. Now, I'll always argue it should be a bit more, but you of might course. say, well, she would say that, wouldn't she? So, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. But but th I think that's one of the biggest challenges is, is there's a lot of firms where there will be partner director pushback um, from spending more than one or one and a half percent. And generally, when you look at what that practice needs to do to to grow, to, to, to scale up, um, to deliver, you know, and, and get themselves ready for, for new services or take advantage of the advisory services, that, that budget can, can be limiting. So that's mm. a challenge. Mm. Um, I also think you've got to have You've got to have buy-in from from everybody if you're going to embrace marketing and make it work for you. Um, that's not just partners. You know, your, your senior team have got to be part of that buy-in mm. um, because without them, yeah, it, it, you, you can't deliver um, that 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 perception, that awareness, that consideration that your potential clients need to have. You know, they need to be bought into the fact that they need to be part of the marketing process, that they need to embrace it, that they need to engage in it, they need to contribute to it. And that, mm. can, be, that can be a challenge because people are busy, you know, and, and marketing rocks up wanting to add more work, you know, mm. to, to, to their current workload. So mm. I get that those, I think, are the biggest challenges. Um, I think once you've got over over those and you bring in expertise where you need it and and it doesn't you know mm. i'm not saying again you know every firm needs um you know joe edwards or a marketing consultant or a marketing agency you know what what skills do you have in house and what do you need to complement that mm. um i think once you once you've got over that buying issue and the budget issue um then it's, it's a case really of um ensuring that marketing i guess feeds through everything that you do from from how you win business to how you onboard that client to how you keep that client and retain that client um and how you get that client to refer more work to you it's got to filter through all aspects of of, of that process mm -hmm. it, i mean you you just described the flow haven't you lead gen lead, lead generation 
lead conversion, onboarding, and then how do you turn them into a client that recommends and, and refers you? Yeah. Uh, do you take responsibility for that whole pathway, Joe, or do you see your role very much in that, no, 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 we're a marketing company, so we're into lead generation. You sort your own lead conversion out. No, I see our role being all aspects of that because one doesn't work without the other. Right. You know, we can generate as many leads as you want. Um, that, 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 that's in, in a lot of ways, perhaps the, the, the easy job. Yeah. Right. Um, but if they're not onboarded well, they won't stay very long. Um, if they're not looked after, be when they become a client and communicated with well, they won't stay long. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we're not, it, again, you come back to the, one of the challenges of, of what practices need to do. You have to get better at asking for referrals. Often clients don't even know that you're looking for more work. Yeah. So marketing has to filter through to that. You know, sometimes training, sometimes marketing can do it. Um, but yeah. ultimately you have to ask your clients. Mm. Uh, which is um, an uncomfortable conversation for accountants most of the time. Yeah, I never, quite, un- I never quite understand why. <laughs> uh, yeah, because if, if you just approach a client out of the blue and ask them for a referral, I, I would, that's a difficult conversation and one where mm. the client will, will probably balk at the, what, why are you asking, you know, yeah, yeah, what, why yeah. are you asking me that? But um, there's a, th- th- there are always springboards that, that give you an in to ask for that referral, you know, and it isn't a client survey and it isn't, um, you know, a a message on your, on your emails necessarily. It's, it's a simple thing where a client, a client pays you a compliment, for example. So if a client pays me a compliment, said that was a, that your team did a great job on that, Joe, thanks very much. That's my springboard to say, well, thank you. And don't forget, you know, if you know of any other practices that you think would help that would benefit from our help remember Mm. to refer us our business is built on referrals Mm. exactly the same way that an accountancy firm is 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 built and you you have to find those springboards in your relationship with your client to ask the question at the right time and then it's easy a positive email or a comment in a conversation then you call it a springboard i would call it a trigger something triggers you Mm. prompts you cues you up to pose the possibility and you've used the phrase or the word um, uh, reminder just you know if I can just remind you that you know we're looking to uh, we'd love more clients that look just like you Mm. we would and uh, clients that don't look like you as well for that matter but you know we yeah we want so you know if you come across anyone or you know anyone who um, you think we should be speaking to um, but I love that you know the, the springboard so what other springboards do you see or do you suggest accountants look out for other than the compliment piece, the, you know, testimonial piece, unsolicited? What, what, what other springboards are there? Um, so th- th- there are lots. I mean, if you take a, a, I'll give you a couple of examples. You know, we're working with a firm at the moment that's, that's um, doing quite a lot of the R&D tax credits. And yep. we went through a process with them of identifying clients within their client base that maybe didn't appreciate or realize that they could qualify for mm. R&D. Mm. Um, and we did it for the very specific reason that they were, you know, their client bank was being approached by some of these most kind of spurious boutique outfits that were claiming they could claim R&D and yeah. ultimately ending up with an HMRC investigation on their doorstep. So we decided to be a bit more proactive about it. And even the conversation about let me explain what this is. Let's look at what you're doing and whether you might qualify. Yeah. Um, 
even if it even if it led to nothing um, for for that particular client, because after re after review, even having that conversation with the clients about it at that point in time, left the client feeling loved. I guess mm. is, is a good word to put it. Um, you know, and 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 it's led to referrals off off the back of that. So I think you know that that's a simple example of let's be a bit more. You know, we all use the word proactive, don't we? Well, if 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 we're going to say we're proactive, let's be proactive. But yeah. again, you know, if you've if you've helped a client, um, uh, you know, plan plan their tax well, and mm. ultimately they've ended up with a you know with a nice big tax saving. Um, that's a point. At which I would ask for referrals. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes even if they don't say thank you, when mm. you've done a, a, a good job for a client, mm. force it almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, I, mean, I, I, I do work in this space as well because there's, um, the, you know, I, I think that the, arguably, and I'd, I'd like your view on this, Joe, the, the peak experience from every customer's perspective of the accountancy firm they work with is the meetings or are the meetings they have with the people from the firm, which is why the humanity piece is so important. The human skills are so important. And people call them soft skills. I think they're the hard skills for accountants, but that's me just playing with words. Um, and it's almost as, for me, it's almost as if really every conversation could be a springboard for mm. a referral conversation. I think the reason accountants, uh, and I would argue quite rightly struggle is because accountants want to deliver for their client whereas asking for a referral is taking something mm. and you know it's there's that they uh, they they love giving and and love less taking or asking and until mm. maybe they can see that actually um clients want to help you mm. you know i think they think you know we all we all will go around walking and well uh, whenever I ask a client to help us on something and we've just got this little, a little, it is a survey, but it's just a one question survey on something. Um, and, um, we've got, uh, we've, we're only asked 12 firms and we've got nine responses, you know, they want to help. Yeah. And, um, I think sometimes that, uh, emotional trauma that they think's coming when they ask for a referral is just something that's going on in the heads as opposed to actually what's really happening. Well, again, just on that, the interesting thing is um, we found some of our clients, they start asking that they'll use those springboards and those triggers, you know, to, to sort of get a bit more proactive about asking for referrals. And they're surprised when the client says, well, I didn't think you wanted any more work. I thought you were too busy. How, and, how often does that happen? <laughs> yeah. A lot. How, I hear it as well. well yeah, but what it, what I hope it reminds them of is, is you, you know, you have to be careful what you say to people as well. You know, if, if you give the impression or your senior people give the impression to a client that you're too busy, mm. um, you know, so you don't respond quickly enough or they say, well, how are you doing today? And, oh, God, I've got so much work to do. You know, it, 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 that um, prevents them from recommending because they don't think you want the work. They think that you're too busy and you have to be so careful. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, the, the old phrase of, I'm nice and busy, but I'm looking for more is still true today. It's I mean, so elegant, I, would, isn't it? Yeah. I would never say that to anybody. I'm really busy, but I'm looking for more. I think what, what I would say to, but you know, but you have to watch what you're saying and you have to watch what your team are saying that they don't give the wrong impression that you've got too yeah. much work. Yeah. And that's back to, you know, whether it be one-on-one -on -one conversation or in your marketing or on your website or on some, if, 
you're doing direct mail or social media, mm. the impression is the one you want to create, mm. not the one that happens by accident. And um, too busy can actually help you dry up your referrals and recommendations of high quality clients, can't it? Indeed. Um, just to add to that piece, I'd, I'd throw in, I think one of the best springboards mm. and triggers is the end of a conversation with a client. After you've delivered value, deliver first. And, um, you know, the science of influence says reciprocity is, um, is, is one of the uh, primary ways of influencing um, what's going on in, in a relationship. Uh, what I mean by that is everyone, this comes from Robert Cialdini, if anybody wants to research it, but he talks about uh, Christmas cards. When you, get, when you get given a Christmas card by someone you weren't expecting one from, you go, oh, I haven't done them one. I better... <laughs> I better, well, I wonder if we've got one upstairs. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's the pressure from the give and the take. Yeah. Um, uh, but what uh, Cialdini points out is that pressure is only, only lasts for a very short time window. And so when you do a good piece of work for somebody, whether they say good stuff back at you or not, there is an opportunity to um, go, well, you know, just review the work in the conversation and go, look, this, this is the sort of work we love. Yeah, and, I um, could, couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree uh, more. We'd love to do more of this work, but we need more clients who want it like you do. And then mm. all of a sudden, that that's easy to do at the end of a conversation, as just acknowledging that you've done a, a, a good piece of work. There's nothing wrong with that. The client will almost certainly agree with you, as long as you've understood and interpreted the uh, the conversation well enough, which most accountants do. Yes. Um, so the literally the end of every conversation where a good piece of work has been done is an opportunity to act as a springboard or a trigger for those conversations. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, marvellous, marvellous. So, um, challenges, budget, uh, buy-in and overwork almost. I know you tied buy-in and, 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 and workload together. I, I, mm. I would argue strongly that they're um, the two separate but connected. Um, so what are the keys to um, making it work? Joe, you, you know more than most because most firms only market their firm. You're market, marketing for 100 plus firms. What are the keys to A, overcoming the challenges, budget buying and extra workload? And what are the, um, the, the, the key insights you've discovered over the years that results in more high quality clients being won? Okay, so I think there's quite a lot to answer there, but let, let, there let, is, me, let me... Let me <laughs> Let me break that down a little bit. So we've got, okay, so I'm going to assume at this point that we've got, you know, we, we, we've got agreement on budget and we, we, we've got some buy-in and, and we've overcome those challenges. So what you've got to think about now is, is um, within your marketing mix, yeah, the, the, there isn't one magic wand, you know, right. you've got to do a bit of everything to make it all come together. So mm -hmm. um, you've got, your digital marketing platform, you know, you've got um, your 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 comms platform, and then you've got the work that you would do with your your introducers and, and your networking. Yeah, and it's important to do to make sure that the marketing mix um, focuses on those different channels, mm. but um, but applies the right mix to that channel. Hmm. So I'll, I'll give you an example here, um, Paul. Um, if one of your channels is um, we want we want to win more clients, okay, so that's fine. Um, hmm. You've got to identify 
what type of client you want to win. Right. Who do you want? Yeah. Who do you want, first of yeah. all? Right. And um, also understand where you may have specialist skills, um, mm. whether it's an industry sector or whether it's a specialist skill within the practice that will enable um, marketing to move to be to move more quickly um, mm. because you're able to identify that niche, you're able to identify that service. So that's the most important thing is who do we want as clients? And when you've established that 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 avatar of who we want, um, you can implement then the right marketing mix that will attract that type of client. Yeah. Mm. So, and and that type of uh, type of new client will co then come through at various channels. They may come through your digital marketing. They may come through um, better referrals from within like-minded clients within your practice, mm -hmm. or networking with introducers that also work with that type of client. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's getting that mix right for the type of client that you want, um, I guess, is the success of, of, of new client marketing. Okay, so I, I get that you need to be crystal clear on the type of clients you want to win. Um, I tend to suggest you also need to know what type of clients you absolutely don't want to win as well. You know, there's, there's, there's a bit of yeah. that play. I don't know if you agree with that. Um, how do you build this avatar in terms of, well, how, how do we get clarity on who we want to work with? Uh, Sounds easy to say, I'm not, <laughs> you know, having done it myself and yep. you go, well, well, cause we've got two, mm. you know, I've got, um, a, 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 the 50 something partner, um, starting to look at their, um, exit at some point in the not too distant future. And then we've got, uh, another avatar who is, um, um, late twenties, early thirties might already be a partner or their upcoming manager going to be a partner and, and, um, they've got uh, different ambitions, different circumstances, young children, the older partner's got the, you know, people that have let, so we built that up, but it was, um, it was a little bit like pulling teeth for a while, Joe. Um, mm. what, what, mm. what are your insights in terms of building that up in a, um, robust way that it properly influences yep. what you say and how you say it down your channels? So I think the thing to bear in mind is that most practices will have multiple avatars of the type right. of new client they want. Um, the easy answer from any practice will generally be, well, we, we want any business that turns over more than a million. Let's cap it at 20 million. That's our ideal client. Yeah, yeah. Two okay. eyes, two arms and a wallet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's break that down a little bit. Um, right. And I would have different camps. So, so if a firm wants more... Um, audit type business. So we're after mm. the, the, the 10 million plus type business. There's a, there's a, you know, nice campaign to put together around that. We've got to make sure that your website reflects, um, that you um, have the right skills, etc., to deliver a good service. You've got to show mm. some unique USPs. Now you might say, well, what's a USP on an audit? Well, mm. often the approach to audit is a good USP. Yeah. Mm. So demonstrate your approach to audit and you can do that through your website. You can do that through your email marketing. You can do that through your social content, um, a good database, um, and then different methods of marketing to that, that, that particular channel. So mm. that could be one avatar, which is quite specific. Mm. Yeah. And if you take where that is today, for example, there's a lot of businesses out there that are, a small fish in a big pond with top 20 or top 50 firms mm. and are probably unhappy with the 
fee they're paying are probably unhappy with some of the service levels that they're getting. So is that a target rich environment for you to go and market your audit service? Well, it, mm. it probably is with the right marketing materials and the right campaign to do it. Yeah. So that could be one avatar. Your second avatar might be, um, you know, you've got some great skills in house with your um, property tax. Yeah. Mm. So an avatar would be, you know, it, it, is it a, a, a buy to let landlord with one property or are we looking for property developers? Are we looking for property investors? Mm. Um, and then you look at how you pull your marketing campaign together to meet the needs of that avatar, which will be very different to how you approach a potential audit client. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So mm. to me, that's that stage one of any marketing plan is let's identify those groups of clients that we want to win as clients. And then you look at the most appropriate marketing activity um, to make those prospects aware of who yes. you are, yeah. um, to then move them on to considering you as an, a credible alternative, mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. into the final part of the funnel, which is talk to me. Mm -hmm. Conversion. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. So uh, can a firm have too many avatars then, Joe, or do you think they just should just keep building them? Um, Good question. Uh, yes, yes, they can have too mm. many industry sectors. I, I, I despair sometimes when I go onto websites and it says, you know, we our specialisms and there's a list that's got 50 different industry sectors on there. Yeah. Mm. It, you know, if your specialism is owner managed businesses, say it's owner managed businesses, don't mm. break it down into 40 different industry sectors. Yeah? Right. yeah. But what you want to make sure is that your proof statements, case studies, success stories that you demonstrate on your on your website and in your in your marketing mm -hmm. are reflective of owner managed businesses and it doesn't matter if they're in engineering or they're in tech or they're in um you know construction if mm -hmm. they're an owner managed business and that's the type of client you want let them talk to you in their um proof statements with you as an mm -hmm. owner managed business mm -hmm. from that angle rather than on construction or on yes. manufacturing yeah, yeah, yeah. Give it the OMB twist, not the engineering twist or Correct. the architect twist or the Correct. property twist or the recruitment twist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so now we've delved into um, an area of specifics. You talk about you need to be seen as a credible alternative to their incumbent accountant. So they've got a relationship with this accountant over several years. They've had many meetings with that accountant over several years and your marketing has got to cut through the clutter now. Okay. The chances are they're only going to move if they're unhappy or, um, uh, disappointed by their existing provider. Or do you think marketing can actually, uh, help a firm win a prospect that actually is feeling okay about their existing accountant? What are your thoughts on that? Um, it's, it's, it's all feasible. Um, but it's how you make that prospect aware of who you are, first of all, and build that credibility. Right. So I'll just take my property client as an example. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if they become aware of you because you've got a great profile and that profile could be, um, you're, you're in the press you're in the industry press, you're speaking at the regional meeting of the resident landlords association or association mm -hmm. of man. What, what, yeah. It, it, it's about, I come back to this, making yourself slightly famous sector. Yeah. And that way 
you'll, you'll start to position yourself as, as the credible alternative. But what you've then got to do is make them question the relationship they have. Am I getting the best tax advice? Is this firm really on top of all of the, you know, changes that will affect, you know, my... I said, my, it's not necessarily my compliance position. It could be, you know, whether my business grows, whether, you know, yeah. and by doing that and by making yourself slightly famous in that sector, you make yourself a credible alternative. Mm. So th this comes down to, you know, awareness uh, and people being, or business owners being aware of who you are and what you've done for other businesses that they may not be getting from their current firm. Yeah, they, might be, they might be, you know, happy with their accountant, but yeah. it's what they don't know that you've got to try and get in front of them. Marvellous, marvellous. So it's, uh, if I've heard you right, it's, what you're saying, it's how you get seen or you could twist that and go where you get seen, whether yep. it be, you know, that that's relevant to your avatar, relevant to your target customer. Yeah. Um, and then how you build credibility in that space, on in that location or that channel. Um and then that establishes who you are in that space, which, um, and then your job is to help them question. And I've used the phrase status quo. You gotta yeah. help, whether they're happy or unhappy with their existing accountant, if you can't get to a place where you're challenging their status quo, mm. then they ain't gonna move anyway, whether they're happy or unhappy. Yeah. Uh, and so that's back to, yes, your credibility, but yes, you posing something they don't know already. I think that's what you were suggesting is um, correct. Really powerful. Yeah, yeah. Abs absolutely correct. It, it, it's it's honing in on the um, yeah. What, what I call it, 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 it's a little bit not not fear, uncertainty, and doubt, but it's a little bit of doubt. Yeah. Right. Yes, and you've got to maintain that trusted advisor status with that. I mean, you can't you can't be yeah. seen to be uh, you know like insurance companies or if you've just been run over we'll help you that's that's not um yep. maintaining trusted advisor status yeah um and it's interesting what you just said uh, around this challenging the status quo but and building credibility in the space that you you will find your avatars your ideal customers is backed up by quite a lumpy piece of research by forrester and um, and they say you know the the number one challenge you're facing in winning new high value clients in a complex sale environment is not your competition. It's their fixation with the status quo. They're happy as they are, inertia. I don't, you know, I'm not sure we will, or will we? And only if your ability to, uh, A, prove yourself as credible, B, uh, also share something that they don't know about that might influence their business substantially is where you all of a sudden can shift them so that the status quo doesn't look as safe as it did before and they end up being a better customer, a new customer. Yeah, yeah ab ab absolutely right. And the second part of that is you've got to make it easy for them to change. You know, right. you've got you've got to demonstrate to them at a very early stage in the process that the that they can move to you easy, that it, it easily that it is an easy switch, that the onboarding process, you know, it, it isn't complicated, yeah. it isn't hassle. You've got to take yeah. that away from them, and and that's why I think um, you know the, the onboarding of a potential new client is as important as actually getting them to say, "Wow, I, I'd, I'd I'd like." I'd like to switch. Mm. I mean, it, it's not uncommon, Joe, for me to have a, an onboarding conversation with the firms that we work with uh, and they roll their eyes because it's such a um, 
slow, painful, pain in the neck process for the firm and ultimately therefore the customer as well. But what you're saying is that mm. you, you, you need to make that look, look like you're just, you know, hot knife through butter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, even simple things like, um, you know, a well put together uh, welcome pack for that client. You know, mm. this is what's going to happen. Um, this is who your team are. Um, th this is the process we'll go through, you know, and, and you just that, that make it easy for them. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, and yeah, yeah. we've, you know, we, we've seen hard work going into potentially winning a new client to lose them because the onboarding is slow or mm, complicated mm. or hassle. You've got to yeah. get the hassle away from them. Yeah. 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 It's that, um, make it as easy yeah. as, as, as possible. Um, and you, you, you point to, um, the, what I call a pathway, you know, the, a new client needs to see the, the, the stepping stones yep. across the stream. And if yes. you paint that really clearly and easy so that, and they can see that it's easy. Um, what I find interesting about what you just said is you need to make them aware of that in the early stages of the discussions, as opposed to at the onboarding stage but make sure that the onboarding stage fulfills what you've promised in terms of the ease of the onboarding. Otherwise you've established an expectation and delivered down here and they'll be miserable and it'll all go horribly wrong. Absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Amazing. So, um, we've got this, um, we've overcome the budget. What, what do you do to challenge firms if they're fixated with 1% or 1.5% of budget, Joe, what's the, um, what's the piece of information that I'm missing or they're missing? Uh, in order for them to go, no, 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 we need to spend more on marketing? I think if that's the challenge initially, um, mm. what we have to do is um, deliver some quick wins. Right. Yep. So I think if you can, if you can prove um, that it works, yeah. yeah. Okay. Now it might not be, you know, there in it, the marketing plan might not be in its, in its full glory as it, mm. as it could be, you know, a marketing plan, um, and marketing activity evolves over time. Nothing's set in stone. You have to keep changing things all the time, dependent mm. on, you know. But I think the way that if we've got that as a, as a kind of major obstacle is, is to show that it works. Mm. Yeah. And often I will say to firms, well, you know, give, give me an avatar. Yeah. And let me show you what mm. marketing can do in that space. Yeah. Right. Now, they might need to give me three months or six months right. to, to, okay. to, to deliver. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we, we will say to them right at the very outset, you know, our focus is that group. Yeah. That's mm. what we, and, and this is what we need to do to be able to deliver on that group. Yeah. And often a quick win like that, where you can clearly demonstrate that the process works. Yeah. Mm. Means that we can, convince that yeah, if, yeah, yeah. you know if you spread that through everything now from the winning of a client to um the onboarding to the continual you know um delivery to referral um mm. i'll get the buy-in at that point yeah 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 I, it's, it's like when you when you're driving a car um or you're buying a car rather you take it for a test drive what you mm. what you're saying is you well, well let's let's test drive this for a few yeah. months and, uh, and we'll see it work yeah. I, I, and and i think just to build on your the, the the powerful point about you've got to build your credibility in the space in which your avatar your ideal clients are actually living 
Um, there's, and this comes from, you know, we do these business breakthrough reports and we've, we've got a couple in this proof space, mm. build your, your your body of evidence. Mm. And um, they talk about there's a number of different types of proof. One of them is vicarious proof. What, is, what are other people saying about you? Yeah. And that can be quite powerful as long mm. as it's relevant to your avatar. Yep. Um, and then there's another type of proof is, well, you've test driven it. You can see that it works. And I think that applies to you and, you know, JE Consulting, just as it does to Paul and Douglas at Remarkable Practice, just as it does to every accountant that listens to this podcast. Um, and I always think is, oh, what do you do? What can you do with the prospect to get them to a place where they test drive you? I think that could that can work brilliantly, mm. uh, especially around something like um, management accounts, for example. You know, let's do a set and have a conversation about it. Or let's, you know, there's there's ways and means of winning really high quality, interesting cl client work. Mm. Um, if you approach it with a, um, not just a vicarious body of proof, but what you're doing, which is, well, let's, you know, stay with your accountant, but let's do a, a set of management accounts or something so you can see how we work together. Yeah. Uh, I've yeah. had a conversation this morning about someone who's just bought a business, but before he bought the business, he worked in it for three months. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> As an employee, he was yeah. paid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's brilliant. Wow, what, a, what a great way of doing due, due diligence is yeah. what the accountants would refer to it. But it's um, the test drive. I think yeah. that's, uh, that's, that's brilliant. Um, really good. So, Joe, what, um, what differentiates the clients that you work with that are brilliant at putting you and your team to work and getting brilliant results as opposed to those who are less brilliant or stutter and stall and, and, and don't quite crack it as well. What is, what are the distinctions, the one or two distinctions that, um, point to the fact that actually, I know you do good work because you work with one or two of my clients. Um, but it's actually what the client does as much as what you do that actually really mm. matters. So I'm looking for the, what are the, you know, one or two or possibly three key insights that differentiate the highly successful firms when it comes to lead generation, conversion, onboarding, and, um, and, and, and winning new work from referrals from those clients as opposed to the also rants. Okay. So I th again, I think there's a number of, of responses there. One is um, sometimes, sometimes we can get stalled because it's, because things are not being approved, signed off, you know, I mean, the thing with any, any marketing agency that you work with, um, you know, we, we, they're going to produce, stuff for you content yeah. whatever yeah. that might be yeah. um if that gets locked into um you know a, a three-week turnaround cycle you know often mm. you've missed the window you've missed the boat so i think mm. firms have to be nimble enough to if they're going to work with a marketing agency and want to see results they've got to be you know they, they, they've got to be ready to um be agile with that marketing mm. agency to, to to get stuff signed off i think that the the, uh, the other um, challenge is, you know, if you're buying the advice of an expert, yeah, then listen to what the expert's telling you to do. Don't fight, don't, you know, challenge it by all means. But th there are times when we've got simple things, proven campaigns that we know work in specific sectors. Yeah. Mm. And I think that's one of the benefits of, of, that our clients will say to us is, well, you know, you've, you've run that campaign for property investors up in the Northwest yeah. work just as well for us down in the Southwest. And the answer to that is probably yes, mm. but this is what we did and this is what worked. So this mm. is what we need to go with, and then you'll get pushback 
Well, no, 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 we want to change that bit. And I would, we don't want to do that bit, but we want to do that bit. Mm. And I think that's, that is one of the challenges is if you're going, you know, if you're going to spend money taking advice, then take the advice. Trust the process, trust the knowledge, trust the insight, trust the experience. Yeah. 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 So that's one. What would be another? Um, Often things require um, our clients to get out of their comfort zone uh, and that can be a challenge. Um, You know, a simple thing like doing a podcast or running a webinar um, or making a networking event really work for you takes some people really outside their comfort zone. Mm. And I mean, we will always play to the strengths of the client. You know, we'll look for the for the hunter versus the farmer within the practice, and yeah. you know, and and recognise that you know sometimes other skills are better placed in different parts of the marketing activity. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think generally, you know, when you're in a fee generating role within the business Mm. you've got to get outside your comfort zone and if Mm. you don't like presenting on webinars then you've got to you know you've got to you've got to learn how to do it you know you've got to be um you know you've 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 got to be able to handle a networking um environment well you've got to be able to potentially you know i'll go back to my property tax you know if we've got you a pitch at the regional meeting of the national landlords association you've got to rock up and deliver that presentation i can't do it for you i'm not the tax expert yeah so i think you know getting outside the comfort zone can be a challenge occasionally Hmm. And, and i think um my experience is tied to yours to some degree and that the the fact they're all uh i've got a workload that can sometimes feel overwhelming they um you know they accountants go to the stuff that needs to be done as opposed to the stuff that we want to do because it will improve the future of the firm and sometimes that can sidetrack the uh, willingness to go i might not be comfortable about going on camera or going on a mic um and no i'm really busy and that so um it actually uh, it, it trips them up on the way to uh, the success but how, how important is this video podcast webinar piece I'm, i've got a question around you know what's coming what trends are we experiencing now that are going to get stronger joe and my mm. sense is that you, you can't avoid video and you can't avoid audio as a media mm. a medium in which to communicate your message what, what, what are your thoughts on that i agree with you completely i mean you know the the I, I don't want to sort of say, oh, you know, COVID's changed everything. It, it hasn't, but in, mm. <laughs> to a certain extent, it has helped people get out of their comfort zone because they've got on to doing video calls and so on. But I think, mm. you know, don't underestimate that when you put content out, mm. the chances of people engaging with that content are increased tenfold if it's um, video content, audio content versus a static text-based piece, you know. Yeah. And it's it, certainly... Social presence is important. Um, digital presence is important. And if you what's want to, your di- what's your differentiation there, Joe, between digital presence and social presence? What's the nuance there? I, I'm, so, I haven't quite got that. Yeah. So digital presence will be, you know, your website, your email marketing, your, you know, your your organic positioning with Google, your Google reviews, your what? what yeah. Your social presence is. You, what, what, your social platform presence, you know, um, content that you're putting out on on LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook mm. or, you know, wh- wherever your audience is and you're spending time developing content, um, mm. that content has to be engaging and text-based content is not 
going to be anywhere near as engaging as video, audio, animated content will be. So, um, and and I think that's a a big driver of of how we deliver communications out to our clients and our prospective Mm. clients is, is, you know, we can no longer afford to be, you know, purely writers. Yes. Uh, and, and we see it, you know, we, um, I, I, I've sort of stuttered and stalled with video or was stuttering and stalling with it a, a couple of three years ago. And then one of my uh, outside, um, well, non-exec advisor said, look, you, you can't, you can't not do this. You can't. So just, just test one for me, test drive, you know, <laughs> just do a video and get it on LinkedIn and, and then stick the same content as text and which is what we did. And we got five times as many uh, views of the videos we did from the text. Mm. And since then we've gone, right, lesson learned. Let's, uh, let's make sure we've got 90 second video content pieces going up on LinkedIn, as opposed to, um, written posts. And we still do the odd written posts, but anywhere between five times and 10 times difference in response. It's it's just so blatantly obvious as yep. to um, you know getting to now whether we're getting to the right people or not that's hard to assess from uh, from LinkedIn but you know I've got a message about this podcast not this podcast but a previous podcast um, yesterday on LinkedIn from you know the managing partner of a, a substantial regional firm and you go that, you know that doesn't happen with a piece of text that's never mm. happened with a bit well very rarely happened with a piece of text so I agree with you wholeheartedly thank you very much. Um, any other key trends that you think are going to have a, you know, things that are coming or things that we're living with at the moment that yep. uh, are influencing the marketing space for accountants? Yeah, I think the way that that um, people um, get in touch with you is, is right. something to really consider. So, um, you know, WhatsApp has changed. I'm sure we all use WhatsApp, but WhatsApp for yep. business, um, you know, makes it easy for people to message you rather than email you or call you. Mm. Um, you know, we're starting to see lots of our clients now embracing live chat on their website. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there are lots of different ways of doing that, um, whether you, you know, you use a provider that can man it for you or whether you do it in-house or however. Yeah. Um Clients um, putting up, um, you know, exclusive areas online purely for their clients, the client Mm. portal. Now, Mm. it's been around for a while, um, you know, the secure document exchange, but we're starting to see firms now that are turning their client portals into fully fledged e-commerce hubs. It's a place that you go to buy training. Um, anything from a, you know, good record keeping book, uh, workshop online to how to get better use out of zero and how to Mm. use Dext. And, you know, so they're using them as fully fledged e-commerce sites um, and and exclusively for their clients. So, Mm. you know, um, I think there are lots of various digital trends coming in and, and I I never underestimate the impact of reviews. Um, Mm. You know, not just for the fact that would I choose an accountant because they've got, 20 reviews versus the one that's got five, I might if I'm shopping around. Yes. Uh, but ultimately, these reviews make a difference now as to whether you actually show up on page one. So, the, the, so this, the, is this is Google reviews. This is Google reviews. Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah. Too, sorry. Yeah, Google yeah. reviews. Um, yeah. But Google will also rank you for your social presence. You know, so if you want your if you want to show up on a web search for accountants, Doncaster, mm. you need the reviews, you need good optimization, but you also need to have a good social media presence because Google won't rank you unless you've got all of those things in place. So, so it's back to your point earlier, isn't it, about it's not just one channel. It's just not one part of marketing. No. You've got to do bits well in all the yeah. key cha- channels that are relevant to your 
ideal client or your avatar as you uh, you, yeah. d- you describe them yeah so if i'm searching i'll go back to my property tax again you know if i'm searching for a property tax specialist doncaster mm. you mm. know are you showing up on page one well it may be that you've got a bit of work to do there um yeah, but, you, yeah. but it comes down to you've got to make these people aware that you exist mm. brilliant Brilliant. So one last question. So I'm, I'm just going back to the challenges we touched on earlier. And mm. we talked about budget buy-in and workload. And it sounds as though you've got a marketing stroke selling job to do on the firms that are interested in marketing. Mm. Um, and you've got to convince them to make it a bigger priority within um, their firm. Um, what's your what, what's your pitch for that, Joe? What, what, what is it that's the, well, why, why, why make marketing... More important than it is already. We've got enough on our plate. Um, I think if, if, if I'm trying to convince a firm that they need to do marketing, yeah, it, it's a question of why do they think they need to do marketing in the first place. So is it is it if it's just a case of, well, we, we need to win more clients, okay? What I would say to any firm is that's, that's, that's one aspect of where marketing should deliver for you. Um, I'll come back to what I said right at the beginning, Paul, about, you know, how do you humanize the numbers? Um, I would suggest that any firm talks to, you know, our clients to say, does it work? Mm -hmm. What results has it given you? What difference has it made to the way that you do business? Mm -hmm. And I'll come back to using our own proof statements as a way of convincing people that they should consider Mm. marketing. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I think also in that space as well as there's the quality of clients you win, not just yeah. the quantity. I know we've not touched on that particularly, but because we've been talking about avatars and your mm-hmm. ideal clients, by definition, we are. Yep. Um, and I think if, if and when you get your marketing right, you start to win more ideal clients and less non-ideal clients. And as a consequence, you change the f- feel of your firm over time. It's mm-hmm. no quick fix. There's nothing is, is there any quick fix. There are no silver bullets, are there, Jeff? You, know, you mentioned that earlier. They just aren't. It's about hard work and marketing is um, it, it's hard work. It is. And I think as a firm, you have to decide what level of marketing do we want? You know, do we just want a consultant to come in and tell us what we need to do and then we'll get on and do it? Or do you actually yeah. need somebody that will come in and say, right, this is the right strategy for the firm. And here's a team of people that are going to deliver it. They'll do the co- they'll write the content. They'll, yeah. they'll handle the social media platforms. They'll deliver the website. They'll make sure you're on page one. They'll yeah. research the right um, you know, um, groups that you should be speaking at or networking at that they'll yeah. manage your professional, the comms to your professional. And I think that, that, that's the difference is, 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 I don't think any firm would, would say we don't need to do marketing, but it's at, at what level they need what that level? support. Yeah, that that yeah. suits you, your firm and yeah. your vision and future of the firm, I think as well, isn't it? Cause yeah. this, um, you know, if you've got, uh, a, a, a crystal clear vision as to where you're taking the firm, mm. then you've got to at some point go, right, well, how's marketing going to help us get there? Yeah, exactly. As opposed to just stuttering and stalling and getting there by accident. One, yeah. One's faster than the other. And yeah. I think if you get the marketing right. And if there's one other thing that stands out for me, Joe, is that yes, you've got to get clarity over who you want to work with. So I was talking mm. about list, mm-hmm. you know, who do you want to work with? And therefore mm. you can build a database if yep. you know crystal clear who you're looking for. And then we're into the, the words or the videos of that actually communicate your offer. Um, and then make um, real sure that you deliver it down the channels. Yep. And, yep. you know, there's so much. We're just building out our new website at the moment around our core message, humanize the numbers and, and, and the vision we've got for our business. And it, um, it requires uh, people investment and time. 
mm. now whether that's internally or with you know business like yours mm. and it's part of the mix it is mm. to use your word again the, that mix it's part of what um delivers the vision of your business of everything we covered joe what what one thing uh, stood out for you in this conversation that um is of real value to you do you think and and, and je i know it's a bit of an odd question but i just wonder because you just told us your story and what you know but if, if of everything we've covered what 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 stood out for you today in this discussion i think sometimes um you can get a bit lost in the need to generate new work and uh, you know the uh, clients put pressure for lead generation and I think one of the things that, that reminded myself today is that, um, you know, your best business will come from what you do with the clients that you work with at the moment. Um, yeah, you can win online clients, no doubt about it. Um, yeah, there's businesses that um, are shopping around and looking, you know, but if you... If you want that sure thing of the quality that you want, it's the time that you spend with your clients that will make the difference and what you do with them. That's, re you know, it's been a reminder today that that's so important. Mm -hmm. mm. Brilliant. And it's, you know, that's the um, the, 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 the space that um, often gets lost, like you say. Mm. Um, look, you've got this client bank of whether it's 10 or 50 or 100 or 1,000 mm. or 5,000 clients, mm. There is so much more work in there and use your marketing and yep. use your client approach yep. to, um, to, yep. to, to make the most of that. And, you know, you're back to what's the video content that's making the most out of your messaging that creates the right impression that gives mm. your existing customers mm. the confidence to take the next step with you on another level of service. Yeah, absolutely. Joe, this has been um, a joy. I really appreciate you taking time out and sharing some really deep insights into uh, successful marketing of accounting firms. Um, thank you very, very much. I've enjoyed it, Paul. Thank you very much for inviting me. You'll find more valuable discussions with the leaders of ambitious accounting firms at humanisethenumbers.online. You can also sign up to be notified each time a new podcast is made available. This podcast series, Humanise the Numbers, has been made possible thanks to the support of our sponsors, My Work Papers, Advanced Track, Satago and VFD Pro. Visit humanisethenumbers.online, click the logo of each sponsor and you'll hear what our podcast interviewees have to say about the sponsor's services.